Welcome to The City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. Well, listen, when, when Pastor Shane says, come, you come, that's what you do. You just, you show up. Stephen who? Come on. Please. What you don't know, because you, you just, you experience this all the time, and you know, you know that Febreze commercial, you become nose blind to stuff, you know? You don't know, like, the Nazarene royalty that is sitting in this area here. The type of people who see a, a furniture store and go, yes, yes, Jesus, right? This is your new home, and God says, absolutely it is. This is what you get all the time. What you don't realize is that... Pastors all the time say, Stretch, how come you get to go to the city? They don't ask me to come to the city. I've been doing this long. I'm smarter than you. I'm better. And I'm like, I know, I know. I don't get it. God is good. There's nothing quite like what happens right here. And it is a privilege to be a part. And y'all get to do this all the time? Please, please. If you're new... Don't be new anymore, all right? You're not new anymore. This is what we do. It's out of this world. I mean, for real. I, I whispered over to Pastor. I said, wait, the band's just grooving, right? I mean, we're just doing announcements. They're like, hey, welcome. <laughs> Tacos and nachos. It's going to be great. But then you stop, and you're like, you hear the band? I'm like, dude, are you Jimmy Fallon? You get the roots in your church? <laughs> this is what you get? And he just goes like this. Yeah, go again. Go again. Hey. <laughs> My man's got a drum apartment. I never. <laughs> he got a drum condo. <laughs> Jesus is good. <laughs> never in my life see anything like that. Y'all got a space shuttle leaving Earth. Come on. It's crazy. <laughs> it's out of this world, man. They said, well, Stretch, you got to wear space stuff. I said, but, but my socks are playing, and I got to, I mean, I mean, not like it's really a competition. Have you seen them, Dodgers? I'm like, oh. <laughs> the only space I really know about is space jam, so that's all I know. I don't, I don't know nothing else about space. I just know I need the water from space jam. That's what I need. Now listen, you also, you notice that word's out. Good things are happening here, right here. And your reputation precedes you. Word is getting out. Some of that is leaking onto social media. Some of that is just nosy people going, what's happening down there? But word is out that God's up to some good things. Lives being changed. Hearts being broken. Light bulbs. You know that like spiritual light bulb that goes on when you go, wait, there's more? There's something. I'm here for a purpose? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, you mean our marriage, this, this thing that we have, it's supposed to be built on a rock, a solid foundation. And you mean God's got us? Like he's not just like, good, go figure that out. I'm out. No, no, no. He's like, I've got you, and I've formed you and shaped you. Now I've given you all 
the resources you would need. And so let's just keep working through it. And look, I'll give you family to link arms with. You're not alone in any of this. That's what you get. And that's what's going on right here. Y'all had like, what was it? What was the last time? Light night? You just had light everywhere, right? I saw pictures. It was crazy. It was just like blinding. I saw 90s nights. Y'all get 90s nights. 90s were a good time, man. You had luau nights. Come on. I mean, Nazarenes just be doing luau's in Pawtucket. That just makes sense to us, right? You don't even say it, and it's weird. Of course we had luau night. It's Pawtucket. Where, where else? Where would you go? What am I do? You have pastors like Shane and Aline praying for you all week long, just lifting you up by name and calling on the Lord to say, you got to go. Father, your grace has to follow them. They're praying for, like, if you are a friend of somebody who came in tonight, you got to know this, and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, it sounds a little creepy, but people are going to start praying for you. They're going to ask your name, and it's not so they can stalk you, but they just really want to say, dude, I've found an answer. You're going to love it. Let me introduce. And so then as you go on your way, you don't go on your own any longer. But the family of God says, no, Father, follow after him. The Holy Spirit can follow and call you by name and, and bring you into a family where there's truth and life starts making sense. You start building spiritual muscles and getting stronger. And then your eyes are open up to more and more. And you're like, oh, that makes sense now. And God starts adding goodness into your life. But I want to caution you. Because when God's adding good stuff, Scripture's clear, but you don't actually need the Bible to tell you this because you already know there is an enemy who sees and hears what's going on and the good things that are starting to be added to your life. And he just goes like this, oh, hell no. No, no, no. And he looks all over hell and goes, that's enough. That, that's gone far enough. I don't want that to continue. See, because he's the one that convinced us early on that we, we could be just like God. You're, you're just as smart. You're just as cool. You, you, you know what? God's holding back all the good stuff from you. And doggone it, you read page number one of this book. And you find out we were stupid enough to go, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe, maybe God the Father, maybe we shouldn't trust him the way that we did. Maybe he is keeping good stuff. And then he starts working. And he starts calling. He starts just running interference. If you've been walking with the Lord longer than six months, you know. You have your mind set on walking in the right way. And all of a sudden you're like, is that a squirrel? What is that? <laughs> And you don't know how you got there. And people are going, hey, what are you doing? Let's stay focused. And you're like, no, I totally am going to do that. And you find yourself moving in a different direction. You're like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. Well, the Bible's very clear. We have an enemy. He doesn't want us to move closer to the Father. Yeah. He wants to hurt the Father. But you can't hurt the Father. What are you going to do to the almighty maker of heaven and earth, king of the universe? I can't step to you. I can't do anything with you. So he's powerless. But if I want to hurt a family, I, 
oh, I know how I can hurt any loving dad. Let me get at their kids. Let me put a divide in between the father who's only been loving and providing and caring and blessing and protecting and nurturing and nourishing. Let me just put a divide and say, you know what, I don't think you should trust that father anymore. And just keep planting seeds of doubt. And just so, no, 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 I'm not telling you leave that family. I'm just saying do your own thing for a while. And we fall for it. And we find ourselves as pastors feeling like it becomes our job to remind you what God has done. Because the enemy's at work. Some of you are sitting there and like a bobblehead doll. I can't even see your face. It's just dark. But you're going like this. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Why is this happening to me? I'll tell you why. The enemy can't stand you being close to the Father. He just can't take you. Because you're going to enjoy all the love, all the nurturing he used to have. But when he finally spoke up and said, "I, I think I'm as good as you, the Lord said, oh, no. That's just not true. And when he would not relent, the Father said, that's enough. And he placed him in a spot that we were never, ever, ever supposed to be aware of. His job is to just continually whisper words to say, put some distance between you and your father. Are you sure he loves you? Are you sure you can trust him? Are you sure? Are you sure? Some of you are here for the first time tonight, and you're, you'll be tempted to go, I, I don't know if I agree with all these people. I don't know if I've seen what they've seen, but I want to tell you, the enemy's real. And he's not really playing games. He won't play fair. He won't tell you the truth. But he doesn't care for you. He only wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So the good things that have been happening to you, the good things that, have, that you've been storing up and, and you've had in your life, you're trying to hold on. And he's trying to steal them back. And that's why you lose them. Christians, you, you, if you've been walking with the Lord for longer than um, a year, you know there are things that you've decided for God, and then you've drifted. There's blessings you've received from the Father, and somehow you, you've lost track of them. Commitments you made that you go, I just, I don't know why I didn't follow through. Because the enemy is trying to snatch what you have from God. Right. right this moment, he'd rather you, like right now, just go, yeah, I just got to take this. That's all. I just got to, I got to look at this for a moment. He'd rather you be, be distant. He'd rather you just take another avenue to go, yeah, that's fine. I'll pass the stress. <laughs> don't, but don't be fully present right here. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll check back in near the end. When, when them tacos coming? The father just says, whatever I can do, please don't leave here closer to your maker. Please don't leave here closer to your purpose. If you want to Google it, you don't trust me. You can, you can see in the word. There's a book called John in the Bible. You can just pull out your phone and Google it. John 10.10. It's real easy to, it's real easy to recognize. 10.10. You'll remember that. John 10.10, 10. go ahead and look at it, and you will see the job of the enemy. John 10.10 10 says just this. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy.
destroy. He wants to snatch the good things given from you. He's not looking to edify, encourage, build you up. He's trying to tear you down. But if he just walked into your room and said, so what can I bust up today? You would say, uh, there's the door. You can leave. You know, you actually can say that, right? You know, you, you know that the Bible says that in the name of Jesus Christ, all the powers of darkness have to flee. Have to flee. They, they cannot stand. You know, James 4, verse 7 says, submit yourselves to God. Surrender yourself to God. Let him be in control of your life. Submit it and resist the devil. And guess what will happen? He will flee. That's what he has to do. But we don't always do it. And we let them hang out for a while. And we, we let them maybe just get a, a foot in the door. We're closing the door on them, but he, he just slips a foot in there. And, and all of a sudden, you start looking around going, where are some of those blessings? Where's that good feeling I had at the city? Well, it's not Sunday anymore. You know it's Wednesday. But where, where's that good friend who always, when I got distracted, say, hey, Stretch, why don't you focus? We're going this way. No, 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 don't go running back to that old thing. That's, that's not your scene anymore. And all of a sudden, you find yourself there, and you found a way to get there, and ain't nobody there to tap you on the shoulder and go, Stretch, well, what are you doing here? And the enemy's just been slowly saying, no, 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 you, you're still saved. <laughs> You still go to ambassadors. Yeah, yeah, no, no, just don't tell Pastor Shane right now, but come on, you all right? And he starts to steal what God's already given us. And if you're not careful, if you don't fight to hold on to this life that God has given us, you end up in a place you don't want to be. Look at John 10.10. It says the thief comes to kill, steal, destroy. He, he wants to take it. And then there's a but. Did you ever notice in the Bible like a big biblical but means something? There's something there. When the Bible shows its but, it does something there big. And it says, I know what the thief does. Kill, steal, destroy. But I, Jesus says, I have come so that you could have life and life more Abundant. Now, we don't use that word abundant almost anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High schoolers, go ahead. Go to school tomorrow and be like, yo, I'm about that abundant life. <laughs> you can. Put it out there. Just hashtag abundant. What? You got abundant? I'm abundant. But they may not know what it is, but you know what it is, right? It's that life that is free. It's that air that you breathe that is clean. It is that... That weight that is left behind and you say, oh, it is so good to be free. It's the remnants of an addiction that you go, later for you. I don't need you anymore. I don't want you. You have no control over me because I'm free. And my arms, they're linked up now with brothers and sisters living that abundant life. It's the abundant life that God has brought us. But when the enemy starts to steal, and here's what it looks like, you find yourself, you're back on a roller coaster. Yeah, you ever see yourself, you know, you, you wake up and, and you feel good, good times, good news. Oh, today's a good day, and you're riding high. 
And in the same day, bad news comes. Or you just get a little bored. Or just a little cloudy. You was hoping for, you know, the blue skies. And, oh, you get all down. And it starts to come back up because there's a party coming and I got a thing. And I, oh, but then all of a sudden, some other things. And you ride this roller coaster, and the father the whole time says, I have such a better ride for you. The ride's going to look like this. All the way through scripture, we see this. He has for us things like steadfast, He has for us unmovable. Yeah. unshakable, right. unchangeable. Right. And people start looking at you and they start saying, listen, are you out of this world? Yeah. Are you from somewhere else? Yeah. What's wrong with you? You seem to have a peace that don't make no sense. The Bible calls it like this, a peace that in the King James Version, it says like this, a peace that passes all understanding. My understanding is right here. I see peace, and I see your life. But your life is crazy right now. But you have peace. My understanding says you should not have this peace. You should have chaos. You should have panic. You should have cynicism. You should have bitter. You should be looking for an escape. You should try to get a buzz tonight. You should try to get a girl tonight. You should try to leave tonight. That's my understanding. And I look up and you have peace. And that passes this understanding. I don't know where to put that. You seem to be out of this world. And the Bible says it like this. Because you are. Now that you have Christ. You're going to look around and go, I am a stranger around here. I am, in fact, I am an alien in this world. This this don't seem to be home to me. This is not my place right here. And people are looking at you going, you have changed, you know. It doesn't seem like you roll like you used to roll. Are you out of this world? And you are now saying things like, you know what, I think I just may be. Because Pawtucket's not my home. This was not the dream. This is not the destination. This is not what I was always hoping to arrive at. No, no, no. We have a father that is about out of this world things. Higher, better, cleaner, fulfilling the truth and light. And, and he then brings the salt through you so that you bring the flavor to Pawtucket. You bring that flavor. And people go, I like when you're around. Ain't no party like this out-of-this-world party that you bring. I don't know what it is that you bring, but I can't have a party unless you're there. You bring a flavor I don't see anywhere else. I so want that peace that you have. I'm in chaos now. And you say, I've been there. And in fact, I am there. But this God holds on to me now with this rock, not these kind of rocks. This kind of rock won't hold me. The rock of Jesus Christ is different. And it's out of this world. We look around and we go, oh, where would we go? And ambassadors say, we'll go to the cross. We'll go to the rock. And I will introduce to you 
this new way of living, and I don't need a bigger paycheck. I don't need a bigger house. That's not what's going to bring me peace. In fact, some of the richest people I know are living in the most chaos. I know. But because of the Father, there is peace and joy and a comfort. There's a direction. There's a, there's a, a, a long obedience in the same direction. And you'll come back next year and go, wow, they still walking that. And you'll come back next year and they'll go, still. I'm going to come back Memorial Day for the retreat. And you go, they're still walking in this way. Yes, because that's what the Father has done. And the more we resist the devil, he must flee. In my experience, though, if we don't say it out, if we don't repeat it, if we're not every day praying that out, this sin starts creeping in. Our carelessness just, our are just exhaustedness. You know when you get really tired and then all of a sudden you're vulnerable for some things, right? You've been running so hard and maybe it's not exactly what God's asked you to sprint after and, and it starts to wear on you for a while. And you start doing life like all the other people in the world that you're no longer really a citizen of any longer. But you start doing life that way a little bit and, and the sin starts to creep in and and seep its way in, and it almost always starts off harmless and almost curious and sort of fun at first. It definitely feels like no big deal at first. And in my experience, <laughs> that slow, subtle way is the enemy saying, I've got you, and you don't know it yet. If you'll continue to listen to my whisper, I'm going to steal it all. And I will kill and destroy this relationship you were built for with the Father. Because if he would come forward with that, if he would lead with this, we wouldn't sign up, would we? I've never, ever met anybody who just comes into my office and says, you know what I want to do? I want to abuse my spouse. I loved her for a while, but now I just love to wring her neck. And I want to be that man. I want to have anger issues that are just unmanageable. Pastor, leave me be. I want to be that guy. I have not, I've been doing this 28 years. I haven't had that conversation. But I have had the conversation with several, more than I care to count, guys who sit there and they weep and they say, I love this woman. Why? Do I allow my anger to get the best of me? How did we get here? How did I cross lines that I never would have ever thought I would cross? What happened to me? And the enemy just slowly nods and says, you didn't notice, but I got you. Nobody sits in my office and says, you know what, Stretch? Today I've decided I'm gonna try being an alcoholic. <laughs> it looks so fun. I mean, I've been seeing these people all trapped and poor and bondage, no money, out of their minds half the day. And when they can't drink, they're crazy and they lose their minds. And when they lose their family and their spouse and their money and their direction and their dignity, I just think I got to have some of that. <laughs> I just want that, Pastor. Can you point me in that direction? I've not had that conversation. But I have had the conversation with over decades with so many who have said, Father, 
because in Quincy, everybody thinks I'm a priest. So they just go, Father. <laughs> they meet my wife and kids, and they see the ring, and they go, I know, Father, you probably messed up. But, <laughs> Father, I don't want to live in this addiction. How did I get here? Nobody has ever walked in my office and says, you know what I... I want to grow up to be, I want to be the other woman in that relationship. That looks so intriguing. Ooh, that looks fun. To just be a late night booty call for this man, that would just be such a destination to arrive in. I would love if I could be that. Sign me up. The enemy doesn't lead with that. He, he's way more subtle than that. He's really good at his job, and he, and he knows that we don't sit around thinking, you know what, I want to be. I want to be more careless. I want to kind of forget about these spiritual disciplines that, that Pastor Liam has been showing me. I, I, I just want to kind of coast for a while, and I'll get to that later. Actually, I was a youth pastor long enough that I have had that conversation with many. Pastor, I'm going to get serious about this. Oh, I know about God. I, I feel it. Oh, I know there's a direction, and I'm not on it. <laughs> oh, I know there are some answers, and I'm going to get there. When I get older, you just, I'll come back around, and I'll let you know. You could do my wedding. You dedicate my baby. We're going, we're, you, you'll be at my graduation. It'll be great, and then I'll start this new journey. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to get there. But for now, I'll just live in the, the careless for a little bit. We'll see what happens. What's worse is going to happen, right? I, I have had that conversation. And the enemy plays a game with us. Over the course of my life, the Lord has often brought me back to a, a book that just makes a lot of sense to me. It's the book of James. James is, is the stepbrother of Jesus. Mary and Joseph, they have Jesus, but Joseph is like, it ain't mine. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do this, but this was from God, and I, I'll do the honorable thing, and I, I will raise him as my own, but... Then he takes Mary as his wife, and they begin to have kids. And one of them is James, the stepbrother of Jesus. And I, you can imagine that James, for a long time, kept thinking, I don't know what the big deal is about Jesus. He's just like us, and we're not that special. I don't know what to tell you. We live in Nazareth. You know any Nazarenes that are all that noteworthy? Me neither. <laughs> so, okay, you seem to love Jesus, but uh, whatever. <laughs> like a normal sibling would fear and yet, when Jesus' life started playing out, James kept going like this, oh, oh. And the understanding and the light bulbs kept going off. And once Jesus gone, gone to the cross, once he rose again from the dead, once he showed himself to his family and his church and his friends, James was going, dude, I was wrong. You were right. And he spent the rest of his life talking about Jesus. And now he becomes an insider. I feel like... The brother of Jesus writes about five chapters for us. Man, that just rises right up to like priority number one. I want to hear his outlook than anybody else's. So you can Google James. And right in the beginning, just James chapter one, it starts in, in verse two. And it says this, James chapter one, two, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kind. And I seen that this girl right over here goes, no, he is out of this world. He's out of his mind. <laughs> Why would you think, consider it joy when you face trials? 
That doesn't make any sense. James says, you know what it does? Because you know that the testing of your faith, it develops strength and perseverance. Perseverance has to finish its work in you so that you can become mature and complete, not lacking anything. Anybody, a parent in the room, your mom, your dad? We hate for our kids to grow up. I hear it from parents all the time. I live at Eastern Nazarene College, and parents drop off their students. They're 18, and they go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so crazy because I never even pictured this day. I remember when you were just a little baby, and it's, I wish you were that anymore. And I'm like, Ma, you wish your 18-year-old pooped his pants? You wish your 18-year-old was still living in your, your house? And you had to bottle feed this kid, and he's just crying and wiping it. And, and, and yes, Mrs. Lima goes, yes, I, 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 don't, I miss Shane when he was like that. And you know what's great is when we mature. Even mature as parents, and they look at you and they go, you're ready for this. You're 18, 19, 20. Let's go and get you equipped. I've trained you for this. This is real life. Now you're going to do your laundry. Now you're going to pay some bills. Now you're going to get a job. Now your brain's going to get encouraged and smarter. This is great. This maturing thing was the goal. The mom who introduces his 37-year-old son, still in my basement, <laughs> this one. Boy, he's good at Xbox, though. Mm. <laughs> I've never heard that mother brag on that boy, <laughs> really. But raising kids to be mature and complete, lacking nothing, that's the dream of us parents. That's the goal. And so we see that God has the same goal for us. You don't have to just keep eating baby spoons, little baby food. No, no, no. You've been walking with the Lord now long enough. It's good that Pastor Shane can spoon feed you for a little bit, but sooner or later he gives it to you and goes, go ahead, eat up. You know where to get the good stuff. And you're like, oh my gosh, I totally do. And then you dribble some and you're like, I'm not ready. And you're like, no, but you are. And he cleans you up a little bit and says, let's keep walking. You can go and nourish yourself spiritually. This is what James paints for us. To be mature and complete. This is what you are to be. And that's awesome. Now, unfortunately, that means that you're going to mature and complete means that you are arriving somewhere, and that means you're getting stronger. We have a puppy right now, and that puppy is not very strong. Strong-willed, <laughs> but not strong bladder. <laughs> you know what I mean? This puppy's like, oh my gosh, daddy's here. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Oh, what the? And then she's back. She's like, see, I know, I love you. Tails wagging. I'm like, come on. Mature already. But maturing takes time and it takes work. James goes on to talk about how an area that God is going to use in our lives are trials of many kinds. Now, what he's talking about is when life gets real and life gets a little hard, that it's not just bubbles and sunshine, unicorns, a rainbow of Skittles falls from the sky every time we're at the city. <laughs> no. Sometimes you leave the city and you realize someone stole my car. <laughs> it was a good night, but it wasn't that good. You know what I'm saying? It was an expensive city night. And we look and we go, Father, why? 
And the father says, listen, there's brokenness around. And you know what? You are going to go through some trials. It will strengthen you. Persevere. Things aren't that great in my marriage right now. Well, you made a vow. And so you better strengthen that vow muscle that says, no, 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 I'm not going anywhere. I know you wish I would go somewhere, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm getting better. Be patient with me. That's my everyday parting words to Jill. I promise I'm working on it. I will be less annoying tomorrow, but today, will you persevere with me? And she has graciously for 27 and a half years said, fine, yes, I will. She said I do one day, but for all the other days, she says, I will. You better keep working out, though, Pastor Stretch. I need you patient. I need you kind. I need your quality time. I need you disciplined. I don't care if you preach and save the world. If you lose this family, what good is that to us? So I need you to be stronger. I need you to be a master of your domain. You give away what is to others and to God and to the church, but then you make sure that I have your undivided attention and devotion. These daughters need you. This incontinent puppy needs you. <laughs> so you better stay fit. And the Lord has done that. And sometimes it's happened through really nice, happy days. Like the day when someone goes, you know, Stretch, I own a beach house down in Jersey. And in September, we don't rent it out. And everybody's back to work. Will you come down and just use the house? We hate to see it empty. By the way, there's a jet ski there. And I just don't feel like people are using it enough. You should use it. And I go, yes. <laughs> well, consider it pure joy when you face that trial of that beach house. I will gladly serve you and your family and the master. Jesus. <laughs> but often, they are not the trials right, right, right. that prove perseverance. They are the nice, right. happy appetizers and cherries on top that God goes, I told you I got you. Yeah. But in the everyday, the trials and the things that we have to persevere, we're going to have to work at that. And it's making us stronger. First Peter 5, 6 says, So humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. How do you get lifted up? Is it a gift? Is it Christmas morning? Do you have to say the magic word? Do you have to spin around three times and show the password and your membership card? No, no, no. This is how the Lord will lift you up in due time, that you are self-controlled and alert. Your enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. The father says, I will lift you up. But you got to put your head on a swivel. You got to make sure you are strength training enough to recognize the enemy's voice when he's come into your camp. And when he's calling and saying, hey, just real quick, just over here, that we are strong enough to say, nah, dude, been there, done that, I'm over it. Not going that way. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. First Peter chapter 5. Here's our instructions. It says, resist him. Yeah. You know what my trainer used to call this? Resistance training. 
gravity wants to hold this down. This weight is resisting me. I want to lift it up. It's resisting me. And in that resistance, there's pain. I'm not in good shape. This sermon already, I'm regretting this object lesson and this choice. This resistance doesn't feel good on my arm. I'm just kidding. I've been working out forever. This is nothing. I'd flex for you, but I love this shirt, and I am not ripping it, not just for you. No, not today. Resist him, First Peter says, standing firm in the faith because you know that you're not alone and the God of all grace who called you will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast, mature, complete, not lacking anything. And you will continue to do your resistance training and going, it's not that bad. This isn't too bad at all. This is just 15 pounds, please. 15 pounds, come on, man. I could do at least 16 next sermon. <laughs> Flip back to James chapter 1. In verse 12 and 13, he says, there is a difference between trials we find ourselves in life and temptations we fall under. Verse 12 says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Trials that I have to endure. That diagnosis of my mom. I prayed for something else. You remember that, right? I know the brokenness brings about things like cancer, but it wasn't supposed to be in my life. You called me to be a pastor and help all these people. You can't take care of my family. And God says, relax, I've got you. Yes, cancer is real. Yes, cancer, it falls on the just and the unjust. Yes, they're, they're in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And Jesus goes, because I'm stronger than all of that, and you can be too. And so I go back on my knees, and I start resistance training again. The enemy comes in and goes, oh, Pastor, I thought the Lord was going to take care of you. What happened to your mom? Hey, he's got us all. Thanks, Jack. Why don't you see your way out? And demons have to flee right. in the name of Jesus. And then I stand there just getting stronger. Wow. Verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because when she has stood the test, she will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. But then in verse 13, it makes a difference. Watch. When tempted, no one should say, oh, God is tempting me now. For God cannot be tempted by evil, so nor will he tempt anyone. You understand what God's saying here? I may train you with weight, but I will not tempt you with sin. I may train you with this weight that will allow you to endure and persevere and hang in there and grow up in Christ and mature in him. I'll give you everything you need, but that resistance training, there's going to be some pain, but there will be great gain. But I won't tempt you with sin. I'll train you with weight, but I won't tempt you with sin. I promise. I'm not tempting you to sin. That's not how I teach you lessons. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm not trying to tear you down. I'm trying to build you up. My trainer did say resistance training, it is a tearing down, 
but it's with a purpose. It's tearing down the lousy, the lazy, the flabby. The lactic acid that I'm feeling right now needs to be broken down, right? If I were to preach this sermon again and again and again and again, and next year I come back to the city, you would see results. And 15 pounds, I'd be like spinning it on my finger. You know, just hanging out with weight because I will have built up. I had some things tear down, so I am being built up. The enemy, all he does is tear down. I was with a guy, and this fine woman walked by. And he was craning his neck so far around to just get a great look. At he just said like this, ooh, God is, ooh, he must be training me. Oh, he's, oh, the Lord is trying to work on me right now. And I just went like this, oh, no, God's not in that. What you're feeling right now, that's not our father. He's not tricking. He's not, uh, he's not playing games He's not posterizing somebody. He's not trivializing her existence or putting a, a real live person into this small little box of fake fantasy. That's not our God. Yeah. He's not in that. Yeah. James 1 verse 13 says, God cannot be tempted with evil, so neither would he tempt anyone. I won't do it, so I won't tempt you to do it. I'm not interested in training you by exposing you to things that will take you away from me. I love you way too much to endanger our relationship by putting something in the way that could cause trouble for you just to see if you can get out. That's not the cosmic puppet game God is interested in playing. But the enemy would try to whisper that maybe he's playing games with you. Don't believe it. It's not how he rolls. So if you're finding yourself in a vulnerable position tonight, you can know that it's not your God enticing you to just test you and see if maybe you will fall. That is clearly the enemy saying, hey, why don't you come this direction for a little bit? I'm interested in stealing, killing, and destroying. When we start to slip and fall away, it's not God. Don't blame God. When I start to slip and fall away, I, I can't blame people. No. Uh, Adam said, it's this woman you put here with me. Eve said, well, it, it's, it's the serpent you, you put here with me. And the blame game kept going on, but that doesn't work. When I was a kid in the 70s, there was a lot of like variety TV shows, and, and they do all these skits, sort of like a Saturday Night Live, and they happened all the time, and there was this, this comedian I always thought was funny. His name was Flip Wilson, a and he had this skit where he just lived this reckless, careless life. He got to do whatever he wanted to, and he always used the same excuse to get him out of trouble. Like, hey, why'd you do that? He goes, I don't know. The devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. And people would laugh just like that. In the 70s, they go, ha, everybody thought it was so funny. Until one day, in my young head, early 80s, I was laughing away at that. And God just whispered, you know he can't, right? I said, what do you, what do you mean? He says, the devil, he can't make you do anything. 
Well, it feels like he can. And God said, oh, no, no, no. Let me show you. And my pastor was talking about this man named Job. And Job's, it's, it's a tough book. And it, there's some things that happen in there. And you, you really got to study and pray it through. But there's the scene. And we see something that happened. It's early on. Job has these angels in front of him in heaven. And, he, and he's just walking among them and kind of looking about. And he sees that the enemy has shown up in the midst. And he says, where have you been? And the enemy says, oh, I've been trying to steal, kill, and destroy. I've been roaming around the earth. And the, the Hebrew word for roam, it's taken from this. Water that mixes in with other water. Fresh water, salt water. You ever see that place where it comes to like a peninsula? You got the river and the ocean and it meets. And you can't tell anymore where it is. And you know that salt water, it just sort of makes all the fresh water salty and it just blends in. And that's the verb that Satan uses to say, I've been roaming, blending in all over earth. And I got to tell you, your people, I'm not impressed. They're not all that impressed with you, God. I've been trying to tell you that you really think very highly of yourself. And your people, they're not buying it any longer. In fact, I I got them. In fact, I got all of them. And God just stops and says, I'm sorry. Maybe you haven't considered Job. And the enemy takes a step back and he goes, yeah, about him. And then he whines. We see this like divine conversation that Satan grovels and he whines to God. He goes, man, that's not fair. You, you put a, a whole hedge of protection around him. You put all kinds of protection around him. I can't get to him in there. It's not fair. You can't bring up Job. You won't let me get at him. And I realized in the first reading of that, even as a kid turning into a teenager, wow, that does not sound like an all-powerful divine being. This does not sound like somebody who can make me do it, that the devil made me do it. No, no, here he is groveling in front of the father going, I mean, it's not even fair. You won't let me get it, Job. That does not sound like someone who's in control. That sounds like someone who's more like a wave on the ocean that says, yeah, you may come, but you may stop right here and you will go no further because I am the Lord your God and I make the limits, and I make the rules. And the enemy walks away going, man, it's not fair. And then I started to see this hedge of protection. I've grown into it now to realize it's a real thing that this God offers us. And inside there is where we find ourselves maturing and growing and, and coming to completeness. It, it, it sort of looks like this. Mango, come here. Stand right up here. Let me get, uh, oh, my man right here. Come on, come on, right here, right here. Let me get, um, yes, the magic musician man here. That all that happens right in here, the greatness, come right up here. <laughs> let me get, um, let me get my man right there. Yes, yes, come on. Come on up here. You guys are going to be my hedge of protection, all right? So you can make sort of a circle right around here. And, and I say, I mean, if anybody needs protecting around here, it is your pastor. Shane, why don't you come on up here and get inside the circle, the hedge of protection. And you go ahead and just kind of link hands together right around Shane, all right? And here's what happens. 
Here's what happens. Kayla, come here. Hold, hold the mic for me. When the enemy sees Shane in there, he sees everything that God has designed, and he, he's attracted to it, and he's repelled by it. How do you get God's favor? How did he kick me out? He keeps you, and he's ticked, like really mad about it. And so he's looking, and he's trying to get there, but this hedge is strong. I mean, it is strong. Like, I cannot break this bond. The way that it happens from the outside, it is so solid that the power of darkness has no power. None. I can't get in there. And so maybe for a while I leave Shane. But all the while I'm looking, how do I get to him? This Hedge, God, you're oh, just such a jerk. It's not fair what you put around him. And then he realizes that this lock, it's only a one-way kind of lock. On the inside here, it's, it's soft and it's pliable. God's given Shane full free will. He's moldable and shapeable, and so is this hedge from the inside. On the outside, it's rock hard. I try to snatch him, and I can't get to him this way. But what's soft is in here because the Father has deemed it so. You're no robot. You're not my puppy. You may go. You may live. You may die. You may enjoy. You may suffer very freely. You have God's blessing, and he is a gentleman and respects your power to choose. And when the enemy remembers this, he starts to devise a plan. And he says, but, but Shane, it's good in there, right? It's nice in there. And wow, you are so protected. Have you seen this rapper right here? <laughs> wow, something, man. And that's awesome. I just... I really like your style, man. That's so cool. How you, and have you seen what's out here, over here? It's fantastic. I mean, you should just come a little closer this way and just see what's, what's out there. If you lean over there, ooh, see that fine lady right there? Wow. Yes, I'm saying, right? And I know you can stay with her, but have you seen some of the women over here? I'm just saying, you you still saved. You're good. You're good. You're still an ambassador. I ain't going to take that from you. But, but maybe if you just want to come, I'm going to show you just a little bit of thing here. And God really would love for this hedge to block it and say, no, no, no. But it is only the Holy Spirit that is whispering, Shane, no, I've got something better. But Shane is fully man. And God has given him that gift and said, you got a good head on your shoulders. And I don't want to know if you're going to be my pet. I want to know if you're going to be my son. Wow. All that I've given to Christ, I give to you. In fact, you're going to be a joint heir. You're going to inherit everything I have, but only if you'd want it. So he gives a soft inside to the hedge of protection that only Shane can manipulate. And if we're not careful we realize that we've been playing a game for a little bit and, and then we started wanting to continue that game and that game has gone out of some other places and all of a sudden, I got you! 
and it's funny now. It's all fun and games now. And you notice, he starts whiffing like this. Hey, hey. And I'm not going to lie to you. The enemy's got more power than you think. And when the enemy's allowed to, like, cinch it in and hold on, yeah, you start to see the blood vessels pop in the veins, right? <laughs> I got you out of this world. Come on. I'll take you where I want to go now. Oh, no, no, no. I'll take you where I want to go now. See, you're going to miss that spot in there, aren't you? Yeah, but not for long, because I got you now. You're going to wish you had stayed in the world. And the Father, you don't have to end up here. Let me say that again. You don't have to end up here. For this is where you belong. This was your gift and your inheritance. This is the Lord saying, I love you. I love you and I'll give you everything you need. Everything to mature and flourish. To be a strong man of God. And then your thoughts can be ordered. And you will not be playing the next time we play. He goes, yeah, why don't you get on with that? Why don't don't you you leave with that? Because in the name of Jesus, I stand firm here. And in here, there is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. There is the attractive man that Alini's been praying for and waiting for. There's not the careless, the, the, the experimenting, the, the petulant, the immature, the, the longing after temporal, temporary pleasures. No, there is love and joy yeah. and peace. And she goes, that's what I longed for. That's what I prayed to God I could have. And he's offering that all the time. When he becomes a father, when he becomes a father, little kids are going to look to him. And inside here, they're going to see strength and courage. They're going to see perseverance. Somebody who has resisted enough. In fact, we want to make an announcement tonight. No, I'm just playing. I don't think, is that, that's not a thing? I didn't know. I thought I saw it on Facebook. That must have been another, another city. But think about it. Yo, grandma's ready. She's been ready. But think about it. If that little kid were here today, little Shane, little Lenny, and we just asked him, what kind of daddy were you hoping for? They just say so clear, I want a daddy who's in here. I want my family to be in here. I want to I wanna get in there too, and I want to nest. I want to go where he goes and walk where he goes. And he'll, he'll step forward, and I'll find his footsteps and stay there, and we'll walk in a hedge of protection, and I'll bring it with me following after my daddy and the father. That's where that kid wants to be. That's where you want your daughter to be raised. That's the dream. And that we get to actually live the dream. But it's not out here. And it's not in here. And some of you know this. Some of you at home, you know this. This very moment, you say, how did I get here? And the Father's got some harsh words for us tonight. 
when I found myself there, Pastor Stretch finds himself there, I can only look in the mirror and go, you did this to yourself. And so what do we do? Is all hope lost? Is that it? I'm just doomed to, no, no, no. The Father is always about homecoming. Homecoming is his favorite holiday. Every fall, winter, spring, summer, on a Wednesday, a Tuesday, a midnight call, come on home. And the Father just waits and says, Pastor, come on, come on. And as soon as I do, I'm, back, I'm bowing my head and I'm bawling. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. He goes, whoa, 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 no, no, no. No, come on. Let's talk. Let's just get you in here. Yeah. And now we can talk and embrace. And That's there's right. warmth yeah. and nourishment. There's new clothes, clothes of righteousness. Uh, a new smell. I kind of stunk out there. I've been un- under somebody's armpit for a long time. But now you're the aroma of Christ. Oh, it smells good in here. This is where I want to raise my family. This is the gift of God to you. If you're new here, if this is the first time you've ever been here, and you weren't really ever thinking, I I didn't know I was going to be in church. I mean, I heard Sundays was something, but I didn't know I was going to be here. I want to tell you, welcome. God's been trying to get your attention for quite some time, yo. And for real, He's way more excited than Pastor Stretch is that you're here. He knew you. He done known you. He been knowing you. He knows the number of hair on your head. He knows each one. He knows you better than you know yourself. Before you think a thought, he's already on to it. And he's looking at you saying, I dig you. I like you. I love you. I made you. You're quirky like I made you. You're funny like I know nobody else thinks you're funny, but I do, man. I like what you are and who you are. But I love you too much to leave you on your own. I want to invite you in here where the gifts happen, the gifts of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience the self-control and the goodness. You could be the man of God I designed you to be. Daughter of the king, come on in. I want to adopt you. This is what you were built for. Some of you know it. You know that feeling. You've been living foul. You've been doing wrong. And it just never seemed right. You know why? You weren't built for it. You, you weren't wired for it. God didn't design you to be playing them games or living in that low living or being outside where it's scary and there's death. You ever been to a funeral and it felt just right? No, me neither. You know why? We weren't built to comprehend death. God, when he created Adam and Eve, he gave you the garden. He said, I'll give you the knowledge of good. You're welcome. And the enemy said, you know, he's holding out on you. He's got other knowledge that's so good, he won't give it to you. And we immediately said, oh, give me that. I want to have that knowledge. I want to be in control. And you know what got? The knowledge of evil. The tree was the, the knowledge of good and evil, but God had already given us the knowledge of good. And he only protected us from one thing, the knowledge of Evil. Divorce, don't know what that means. Cancer, what are you talking about? Death, sickness, abuse, rape, violence, blood. What, what is those things? I don't know what those things are. That's what we were designed. We'd answer, this is nonsense. Yeah. War, I, I don't know. Racism, never heard of it. 
by our, disobe our disobeying and saying, no, no, we want to be in charge, not you. You're holding back some knowledge. The enemy told us he was holding back knowledge. The enemy was half right. God was holding back knowledge. But he's such a cheater and a liar. He was only holding back the knowledge of evil. And now we live in it every day. And some of you, if, you, if you're new around here, you're hearing this and there's something inside you going, I knew it. I knew this all felt off and weird. And I feel like I'm built for something else. You are. You're built to live inside God's love and protection and strength. That's where we mature. Yes, we'll go through some trials. Yes, we'll have to lift that heavy weight sometimes and work it out. But we do it now with the Father. Just like Shane's kid someday is going to say, Daddy, you follow. I'll step in your footsteps. Shane goes, great. Follow me as I follow the Father. And where he steps, that's where I step. Where he goes, that's where I go. And the hedge of protection goes with me. If tonight you know that you know that something else has been calling on you, has been inviting you forward, and you just weren't even sure what it was, you didn't give a vocabulary to it, this is the dream. This is what God dreamed of when he crafted you. For some of you, you know what it's like to be in there, and some of you tonight, if you were honest, would say, I've snuck out. When I didn't think anybody was looking, I, I ducked out, and I was playing, and I, I know I want to get back. I'm embarrassed. I didn't even think I knew my way back. And I'm not sure the Father will take me back. Ooh, I got good news for you. All those feelings, they're lies of the enemy. You can't go back. He won't take you back. These people, they'll see you. You'll be so embarrassed. Oh, no, 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 that's not our Father. Remember what his favorite holiday is? Homecoming. Oh, I've missed you. Oh, I've been longing. I've been hurting watching you outside my protection, but you, you seem to want to be there, so I allowed it. But you mean you want to come back home? Come on. Let me embrace you, and I'll show you some things. And here's what's great. The enemy will lie and say, well, you're going to have to go, like Monopoly, you'll have to go all the way to go. You've got to start all over again. No, 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 the Lord says, right here, right now, where you are, let's go. And now follow me as I follow the Father, Jesus says. The Holy Spirit will guide you. Then your kids will come along and say, well, Daddy, Mommy, I, where do we go? And they say, oh, we follow the Father, and we stay right in here. Watch. And you will be stepping into maturity, wholeness, completeness, and you'll literally be living the dream. That's what God dreamed of. That's what we were singing about. So tonight, as the worship team comes, I want you to listen to your pastor. Just reflect for a moment some of this. And if the Holy Spirit is calling you by name, if it may be like, like a big old, you ever see the third base coach? Yeah, the, ball, the ball's off the wall and the runner's running here. He's coming to third. And he knows you got the green light. Go home. What does he do? What does the third base coach do? Go home, yeah, yeah. That's the Holy Spirit tonight saying, you don't have to wait any longer. The coast is clear. The enemy's chains have been broken. You can go home. It's at the foot of the cross. 
It's on your knees saying, I bow and I submit. I'm doing life your way, not mine. I'm sick and tired of being out here on my own. I'm ready to be in wholeness, maturity, safety, love, pure goodness. If you're ready for that, if you want to return home to that, if you want that for the first time, don't leave here tonight without getting it. Because I got to tell you, the view inside that hedge of protection is beautiful. And there are bright skies and better days. Oh, yes, even inside the hedge, I still got to work it. And I got to resist. And the de devil has to stay on the outside. And, but I'm getting stronger and stronger. And doggone it, this is what we were built for.